0: What's going on, guys? It's JP from the Chase Town, and I'm here with my co-host Ben. What's going on, guys? And today is the eve. Well, we're just a few hours away from NBA tip-off. Uh, we're both very excited, and there is a bomb being dropped currently with the 76ers. Ben Simmons was kicked out of practice today by Doc Rivers. Doc Rivers is on the record saying Ben was being a distra- distraction. He didn't feel like participating in the drills. Um, Joel Embiid has openly come out and just said, I don't really care about Ben Simmons. He can do whatever he wants. Uh, Things are hitting the fan in Philly. What are your
1: opinion about all this, Ben? It sucks to be Joel Embiid right now. Um, But also the amount of fines that are hitting Ben Simmons is ridiculous. Um, So far, he has been fined $1.4 million um, for missing four preseason games. I don't know what the end game is here because Daryl Morey has been asking for a ridiculous price for Ben Simmons. Um, And the case with James Harden, when he was forcing his way out, he was actually already in game shape. He was just like phoning it in. When you saw when he went to the nets, there wasn't uh, 20 pounds of fat on him. He was ready to go immediately. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Ben Simmons seems to be like not in game shape. Doc Rivers said the first practice he saw him, he was not in game shape yet so like i don't know what team really really wants it right now
0: yeah and Joel's not doing anything to boost ben simmons trade value anyway uh he just had a quote also that we're not here to babysit anyone Mm -hmm. uh talking about ben simmons i mean with this type of language coming out and coaches kicking him out of practice like his trade value is probably the lowest it'll get only after the game seven loss to the Atlanta Hawks. Like it's never been lower other than that moment than right now. Um, I just don't see how this ends up working for anyone. Like the thought that they're trying to keep Ben Simmons there and everything's going to be kumbaya is ridiculous. They need to just accept an offer from another team and get this done with.
1: Yeah, honestly, I agree. Um, You, every time there's, it's not like with other players where, the more time you spend not trading a player, the more his value, the more like the team's going to lose for him. Like there's no end game where teams have to take Ben Simmons. The Sixers could just eat this forever. If a team doesn't want to give what Daryl Morey's asking for, which no team really wants to give. Um, So I don't know what Daryl Morey's plan is, but to see them go into like game one with Ben Simmons still on this team, just not playing would be really, really funny.
0: And it doesn't feel right either, right? Like, we know he's sabotaging the team. He, We know he doesn't want to be there. We know all of his – or the most important teammates aren't in favor of him, right? Like, Joel right. Embiid is just openly criticizing him almost every day at this point. I know guys like Matisse Thybul and Danny Green don't really care what he's done, but the best player on the team does, and that's what matters. Uh, like, when he shows up in Philly, the boos there are going to be – probably the loudest I've ever heard on national TV. I think like maybe Kyrie in Boston. I don't know. It's going to be wild. The booze are going to be insane.
1: It, it really is going to be the worst thing you've ever heard. Every time Ben Simmons touches the ball, every time someone scores on him, they're going to cheer. Um, I Philly crowds are the like most intense out of most, out of all sports crowds, I think. Yep. Um. They, the year Joel indeed was fighting for rookie of the year, drove a bus full of people to Milwaukee to heckle uh, I, whoever was fighting him for the spot. Brogdon. Was it Jabari Parker? Brogdon. Brogdon. Yeah. Um, brought a bus. They drove a bus full of people to Milwaukee just to harass, just to harass Malcolm Brogdon. Um, they are a wild crew of people and they will definitely just heckle Ben Simmons the entire year. I don't know how he gets over this. How do you like, how do you how do we move on from this? What teams like now? Let's just put the drama behind us. He's our guy now. And it's weird.
0: Like, I want to say his reputation is almost unfixable, but it's just not true, right? Like, we saw this with James Harden last year, being a complete asshole. Boogie Cousins of all people had to call him out on his leadership of it, like abilities. What is that? <laughs> yeah, and then true. he gets traded to Brooklyn, right? And then he gets MVP buzz uh Carmelo right he forces his way out of Denver people don't care right they New York was happy to have him everyone got over it like we've seen this so many times Anthony Davis too right people just forget about it but this like feels different for some reason like it's disgusting in a new type of way
1: it's because he's worse than all of them um and like at his best at his best he could be he could rival all those dudes but he's just not that good anybody wants James Harden James Harden, with some problems and missing regular season games, like any team in basketball wants it and will pay for him or should. Um, Ben Simmons, it's not the same. And you have to have a team that like fits around him. And there's only like three or four teams out there that really have that. Just the asking price is ridiculous. Star players and multiple draft picks for one guy. Like, at this
0: point, I think Daryl's almost doing himself a disservice by keeping the price at that point. Like, I think he has to show a little bit of budge or just openly admit to the media, like, we're throwing this year. Um, do you think Daryl still thinks he can get Dame Lillard? Do you think that's still a real thought in the back of his mind? I really do. I think, would, I think he would concede in the trade, like, picks. I think he understands that, hey, Ben Simmons for Dame straight up is never happening. I think he understands that. But I still believe that he thinks Dame is the crown jewel that he can still get with a Ben Simmons trade. I don't necessarily see it happening. I don't uh, either.
1: I like Ben Simmons has tanked his trade value too much to ever like to ever really believe that. They got to pay him so much money. Yeah. He's already That's, gotten his extension. That's the thing. He's not gonna be a free agent anytime soon. The team that takes him has got him for four years, three years. How long do they have him?
0: I don't know, but I think this is an interesting case too. I think we've kind of already talked about this, but for him to have so many years on his contract and then do something like this, where he demands a trade and all this garbage, like, I don't think he fully realizes he is under contract for four more years, I believe.
1: Yeah. Like, Daryl can
0: literally just ruin his NBA career and just sit him on the bench for four years straight and lose, I don't know, $120, 150000000 million. Like... I don't think he's fully grasping it. I think Rich Paul has done a horrible job of this entire thing. Um, It ruined Ben's – I mean, Ben's reputation was pretty low already. This is bringing it to a new bottom. Like, people just hate Ben Simmons.
1: The thing that needs to happen right now is Ben Simmons needs to get shipped to a town – to a team in the middle of nowhere and fire Rich Paul. Like, go to Indiana and start start new. Like, go to a team that doesn't really matter – um orlando's not going to trade for you but like ideally that's where you want to go like somebody where there's zero absolutely zero eyes um and just try to play normal your version of basketball it's almost go to a big market he's not going to a big market
0: yeah he's just not no one no big market's going to be giving the price that daryl's looking for So this whole situation is just getting out of hand. I think it's a horrible look for Ben. I think it's a horrible look for Clutch. I think it's just like, it's just crazy that he thinks going about it this way is the best thing to do to get out of Philly and get to a spot he wants to get to. I think it's hilarious. If Daryl's shown anything, it's that he's not going to back down, right? Just hitting him with fine after fine after fine, like, he will continue doing that if Ben keeps acting like an asshole. So expect more fines to come in the next couple of weeks.
1: Yeah, I was going to ask, who do you think going to budge first, Daryl Morey or the teams that are asking for Ben Simmons? And it's very unlikely to be Daryl Morey.
0: That's the thing. That's why I think it's a real possibility that just Ben sits for like three months. Yeah. Because Daryl's not going to budge. He's that
1: type of guy. Yeah, man, that'll be absolutely wild for Ben Simmons to lose like his entire paycheck this year. I feel like I just I don't know what to say anymore other than poor Philly fans.
0: Yeah, we'll just move on. Rest in peace, Philly. But Mm -hmm. another giant headline from yesterday was former number one overall pick from the 2018 draft. DeAndre Ayton was not offered a max extension from the Phoenix Suns, and he will be entering restricted free agency next summer. That's crazy. What are your thoughts?
1: I, I don't like it. It seems like a bad PR move. I can understand it, but I don't like it. Bam is not worth the max. The way he plays, he's just not worth a max. If you max out a center like that, your team's going to struggle a little bit, but you got to reward him for how well he played during the playoffs. He put up like 16, he put, not like, he put up 16 and 12 throughout the whole playoffs he was probably the second best player on the Suns throughout their whole run. Um, the second That's most consistent, day. his second or third, anyway. I mean, like Booker was inconsistent. Chris Paul was yeah. hurt for a while. Yeah, he was true. solid every game. True. Um, you got to pay him, man. It's it's a, it's a weak, cheap move from the from the front office not to pay him, especially after uh, Bam Adebayo gets his max last year, basically doing the same thing.
0: Yeah, I'm with you on this. I think it's a horrible look for the franchise just because their reputation was already being cheap. Um, Robert Sarver, the owner of the Suns, is notorious for being cheap. Uh, He purposely traded Joe Johnson with the Suns while they were a finals contender, and that took them down a peg. He used to sell his first-round draft picks just for cash, no compensation in return. Um, He is notoriously a cheap guy in the league. And this is playing right into that hand. He paid Mikael Bridges, which is good. Um, He paid Landry Shamit, which I'm not entirely sure why. Like, he doesn't need $40 over four years. I'm sorry. I just think it's weird. And I, I even expressed concerns to you about DeAndre Ayton like three weeks ago. Like, what's his offensive ceiling? Like, yes, he has touch around the rim, but he doesn't have the mindset to go and score. So those two two things kind of like combat each other. But defensively, there's no denying. In the playoffs last year, he completely changed that team around. And the second he came off the floor, they suffered greatly. So I I don't know. I just think it's a mistake. I think he's going to be pissed at them next year. And I think teams are going to be willing to max him out next year. And he might not be a son by the end of next summer.
1: Yeah, I I totally think it's possible. Um, The thing is, There's a lot of teams that would not max DeAndre Ayton, like teams that even have holes at the center spot that just wouldn't spend that money on DeAndre Ayton because you're right. His ceiling is limited. But if you watched him play defense on Jokic during the Suns Nuggets series, you can tell how smart of a basketball player he is. And for as young as he is, he has so much room for growth he could just be a little more aggressive that adds like a lot of scoring to his game. Cause he's got no. the skill. He just doesn't take advantage of it enough. Um, the one thing I understand is this they're paying him. If they extended him for four years, that extension lasts not for four seasons, but for like six, I think, because he's got two years left to pay. So you're not banking on Deandre Ayton in four seasons being worth a max. You're banking on, is he still going to be healthy and good? And do we still want him? And is that the direction we're moving six years from now? So I understand it a little bit, but like, I still think you have to max him and then figure it out later.
0: Yeah. And I have two things to say to that one, you brought up that not a lot of teams would be willing to max him. I agree with that, but there are going to be teams that are willing to max him like Charlotte. Charlotte would absolutely throw a max contract at Deandre Ayton. San Antonio Antonio,
1: dude, Tim Duncan on that coaching squad. I would love that so much.
0: Yep. San Antonio is another team. So like there are teams that gonna, are going to make the Suns have to pay for Deandre Ayton. And when you were bringing up the contract stuff, like, I think, I think the thing that opened my eyes up was he would be getting paid the same amount of money as Trey young um, that in my head or Shea Gilgis Alexander. I can't compute that. Those players are both much better than Deandre Ayton in my opinion um, I know DeAndre Aiton's a defensive guy, but can you really pay a guy at the end of his contract $45 million to give you 13 13 in some good defense? That seems crazy to me.
1: No. I mean, yeah, it is It is a little crazy, unless six years from now the cap is much larger than it is right now, which always happens, and that a yeah. $45 million contract isn't as big as it is right now, right. Um, which is like what always happens. Um but yeah, it is a lot of money. The thing is, dude, he's so impactful. Like his defense is so, so major. He's such a good rim protector. He's such a smart rim protector. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I would definitely do it if I was in Phoenix's position, like without question.
0: Yeah. I would pay him too. I texted you last night. Even if he ends up being Clint Capella for the rest of his career, I mean, you're you take in the, a couple like- bad years of pay for, for like six years of production from him. Well, well, that and, like, they're in the middle of being a contender right now. They have Chris right. Paul for three more years. We're assuming he has one or two more good years left. You need DeAndre Ayton there for those years to maximize your winning potential. Just on the off chance you could win a title in the next two years, you should pay him. Crazy stuff from Sarver. I, I don't agree with it.
1: I wonder if we'll see a more aggressive, more stat-hungry version of DeAndre Ayton now that he's proving himself to other teams. Yeah. Um, Because it's about impact, I think, if you're trying to get an extension from your own team. But if you're trying to show, like, to other teams to sign you, I think he might go for his numbers.
0: Do you think that it was over-exaggerated by DeAndre Ayton's camp that he should be paid the max? Because reports are that DeAndre Ayton told the Suns very early are giving me the max or I'm not signing. Um, do you think there should have been wiggle room for him? Or do you think that he deserves a max? Because I heard the Suns offered him four years, 130, which is 30 million, le- 40 million less than he wanted. Is that a better? Yeah,
1: I think I think you have to offer him the max. I, I think it's smart of Aiton to say, I'm taking the max or nothing. Um, yeah. Just because of the, the context of the playoffs, man, you have to reward him for how good he was and how young he is and how much growth you like his, the fact that he can grow and become so much better is really obvious. There's like really, pretty obvious gaps in his game that he seems smart enough to fix. Eventually.
0: I just don't see a reason
1: not to believe in.
0: Yeah, I I agree with you. I think they should have paid him. And if he leaves, I think they're going to regret that deeply because I think it's going to impact how Booker views the organization. And I think other free agents will view the organization. So Overall, probably just not a great chain reaction that they've thrown their, themselves into. Uh, moving on to another player from the 2018 draft class, Jaron Jackson Jr. just got a four-year, $105 million contract. Uh, he has been injured most of his career, honestly, just to put it bluntly. He's very talented. He's got a lot of cool skills, pretty good at blocking shots, but he's a foul machine. Um this is the year they gave him his big contract. He's there for four more years. What do you think about this payday for him?
1: I think for the Grizzlies to be a high playoff contender, like maybe not championship, but like up there in the playoffs, they need Jaron Jackson Jr. to be one of their best players, if not their best player. Yeah. Um, I don't know if he'll ever be that because he can't stay on the floor, but he is – he seems like every single – GM, what every single coach of every team wants. He is just the longest dude on the floor, and he can block shots really, really well, and he can hit threes really, really well. Um, he put up 29 points in one of those preseason games, I think against Miami, when yeah. um, he was 7-12 from three. He looks really strong. If he's healthy, this contract's worth it. But that's the biggest if, because he just hasn't been his whole career.
0: Yeah, I'm with you on this one. If he, it's always with him, can he stay healthy? Because I think he is worth a max if he stays healthy. But they couldn't afford to risk that amount of money on a guy who gets hurt almost every year. Um, But in terms of just talent alone, I think he's a max level player just because he shoots the three ball. He averages around 18 points. He's not a great rebounder, but he's a good shop blocker. And if he can learn to not foul as much as he fouls, I think he's a a very valuable player. And he's in Memphis, right? They're not getting any free agents anytime soon. You have to keep your talent if they're talented. You got to pay it. So I'm with them on this move. I think it makes a ton of sense to keep him around.
1: I think he's a good complimentary piece next to Ja, too. Yeah. Um, Like a really good defender who's also a good kickout guy because Ja Morant cannot hit threes to save his life. Um, so having someone on the floor that helps space the floor out, like if you had a big man, another big man who clogged the paint, like Val- Valanchunas has, and like Steven Adams is going to it, it's even harder for him to score inside. Yeah. Um, I think if Jared Jackson Jr. Is reliable, that pulls another big man out to the perimeter and Jaws, even better finishing inside.
0: Yeah. And I think he's going to be playing a lot more of the four this year. Cause they just traded for, uh, Steven Adams, who's a traditional five, just sit at the rim and deter shots. I think having him at the four gives them some versatility defensively because they could play small ball lineups with him at five or they can run the two bigs out there and he still provides spacing for John Morant. So I I don't know. I'm just, I'm glad they signed him. We're praying that he stays healthy because obviously the injury things that he's had to deal with throughout his career are pretty insane. So hopefully he can keep his
1: ACLs intact this year. Yeah, He looks like if he can, he could be a most improved player. You've, you've said it. Um, And I watched him just dribble and handle the ball and shoot. He put a dribble move and a step back on somebody and it just looked really, really smooth. Yeah. Um, I would love to see him stay healthy.
0: Yeah. So moving on to a player that is important to me to talk about is Colin Sexton did not get like offered an extension. Everyone's been saying it for about a year and a half. Like they want to get rid of Colin Sexton. I just think this is another sign that they are heading that way. They don't want to pay this man. They don't know how valuable he is to the team. It is hard to tell with him how truly valuable he is to a team just because he's a numbers guy on a team that's been a perennial loser forever. But in the same breath, he is improving every single year with efficiency and points per game. So I think they're leaning towards moving him. For me, I'm excited about that because that means more opportunity for Mobley and Garland, who I both like a lot. But I think it's interesting that the Cavs think they can let talent walk out of the door despite their play style or how polarizing they are.
1: That is definitely a really good point. Um, As much as I'm down on Colin Sexton, I think he just needs a role change. He needs to be a sixth man um, and he needs to be like a two guard. You need to have a traditional point guard out there that's bigger because he's pretty short. Yeah. Um, or else it just doesn't work. Two six foot guards out there at the same time, six one guards, if you want to be generous. Um, it just doesn't really work. Um, I don't know. Are the Cavs? I hope the Cavs try to trade him, man. I hope somebody you can attach him and Kevin Love and trick some team into taking him because Kevin Love seems to be trapped in Cleveland right now. I mean, I don't know if you call it trapped. He's getting paid 30 something million dollars to do nothing. But I, I just think Cleveland's got to try to get better. I mean, they got to get rid of both of them to do it.
0: Yeah, I think you'll probably end up being right because if, you, if Mobley is who I think he is and he's going to be a perennial all-star, you need to lean into that. And having a guy like Colin Sexton who's going to dominate the ball doesn't lend itself to success. If you could change his role and convince him to be a better catch-and-shoot catch player rather than a ball-dominant dribble-past-you guy... Uh, maybe that ends up working, but I just think he's kind of just I'm going to get my own bucket type of guy. His catch and shoot numbers are good. Yeah, but he the role the mindset is that, not exactly there. exactly like he doesn't want to be off ball. He wants the ball in his hands. And I think the guy like Mobley, who I think could be a perennial all star and a guy like Garland, who I think is also in the running for most improved player this year. I just think there's I don't know there's just too much overlap so I'm interested in to see if he gets traded by the trade deadline if they stick it out and then offer him an offer sheet in restricted free agency I have no idea I just think that situation's pretty interesting
1: I wouldn't be it wouldn't be the end of the world if they kept Colin Sexton if they can convince him his role isn't to be our best player right um I I don't I wouldn't ever offer him the max um, no I don't know what a fair contract is to offer them, but is there 25 million a year? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a little bit much, but he's still young. um, And he's got a lot of good traits. Um, He's got a lot of ball dominant. I got to be the man. I'm the best. I'm the best kind of traits. But like, he's also got a lot of really good hustle traits. Um, He seems like a good teammate if he had clear, better players around. him. Yeah. Um, What team do you think wants him?
0: Honestly, I think it should be for to a contender where he goes. I think a contender would love to have him. I think the Lakers would benefit greatly from him. I think, honestly, the Warriors would love him there too. Just the scoring off the bench, me and you have talked about this at nauseum. just the lack of shooting and lack of scoring that the Warriors have. They look good in the preseason this year with Jordan Poole and stuff, but you can never have too much shooting. So one of those contending teams who has hopes to actually make it to a finals
1: yeah i i think you're right um i was thinking of potentially what if he was on the nuggets and he had Jokic as the clear like playmaker for the team he could be just another scorer but they also already have that in the taller michael porter jr and he just does that better that's true. um i don't know man if he could come off the bench i think he'd be like if his role is just come off the bench and score as many points as you can, I think he could do that well for so many teams. It just what, doesn't seem like he wants to do that.
0: The thing is, is he doesn't want to come off the bench and do it. He wants to just start and do it. He right. wants to do it the entire game long, which is fine because he does it efficiently. It's just like the ball, we've spoke about it, it sticks to his hands a little bit. And yeah. it's, like, it's just not good for winning culture, I don't think.
1: Um, and it's not as efficient as it could be. Even though he's an efficient scorer, you're not getting really good looks to your teammates.
0: That's exactly what it is. His numbers say, hey, I'm an efficient player, but the way he plays clogs up the offense, and it just doesn't work as well as it probably should. Yes. Um, so, yeah, we just got to follow that storyline. I'm just intrigued because I think the Cavs are in a, like a real predicament right now. They have enough players that are good to like maybe aim for the play in, in the next year or two or they can just completely reset with Garland and Mobley and just ship everyone else out. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. I I hope they don't try to just ship everybody out because it's not like right where they are. is like at the end of a rebuild. Yeah. Um, they're still going. I, I don't really know what they do. I, you're right. They got to stick with Mobley and Garland. I also think they should stick with Alan. Um, the three of them together, I think are fine. Isaac Okoro, I was kind of down on him for a while. His defense is so good. His
0: defense is so good. And his he athleticism.
1: Might, he might be the worst offensive player in the league. Maybe, yeah. It's, he watching. is Matisse Theibel, but they give him a longer leash on offense. Um, it's so pretty. Yeah, it, it is really not pretty sometimes. But I just – his defense is sick. Moving on from my calves
0: <laughs> is – Mike Bridges got a $90 million contract for four years. First off, that's just a great price for a guy of his caliber. Uh, He should have been second team all defense last year. I think he missed it by like two votes or something. He also was like close to 50, 40, 90, and it's not the 90, but the 50, 40 part was there. It's just a super efficient, great defender. He is the prototype that GMs are looking for when they go into the draft and they think of three and D, mikhail bridges is that prototype um i think that's a slam of a contract for him
1: excellent contract for phoenix i think he's worth a lot more than that i do too um he is so good at his role he is so good at scoring off ball cutting and playing defense um i think he could do a lot more if he was asked to he had a couple of games where he put up 30 um during the regular season, he might have had one during the playoffs, if I'm not mistaken, um, where he just absolutely dominated scoring. He's got some some games where he just really pops off scoring. He just doesn't do a lot of creation himself. Um, but next to Chris Paul, he is such a good piece for Phoenix. I love him on the team.
0: Yeah, I, I think he's integral, integral to the uh, championship run they're about to make. And I think Sarver did the right thing. And I'm actually impressed with Sarver's negotiation skills there to get him at that price. Cause like you just said, I think he could be worth way more than that.
1: Yeah. I mean, and it's, it shows cause that's what Sarver does is he negotiates down those prices. <laughs> yeah. um, Mikhail Bridges knows he's got a good thing here in Phoenix. Yeah. I, and like playing with Devin Booker and playing with Chris Paul has got to be a great experience. Yeah. Um and it's $90 million. It's not like he's settling. But still, really? like, he, he could have tested the waters if he wanted to in free agency. And then Phoenix would have been even more screwed.
0: Yeah. Moving on, Kevin Herter. We're going to go quickly on these contracts because they're not, like, big name players. But Kevin Herter got four for 64. Immediately, what went through my head is that's a great contract. Um, it's a very tradable contract as well. I know they're super crowded in Atlanta with talent. So if they do need to ship him, it'll be easy to get him out of there. But he, if he does choose to stay, or does Travis Schlenk chooses to keep him around, that's a perfectly fine contract for a caliber player like Kevin Burder.
1: Yes, very smart of him to get that. Very smart of the front office in Atlanta to get that extension done now. Because the longer you wait, I think the more he was going to be worth. Um, he looked confident as hell against the Sixers basically sent them home in that last game. Um, I love him next to Trey. They like just, I I've talked so much about how there's too many young guys on the, uh, on the Hawks. And at some point you're going to have to ship them, but when you can pay them 65 million for four years, that's pretty solid. You can keep a lot of them around doing that.
0: Yeah, totally agree. Moving on to Brogdon, a guy I love four years 22 and a half million he already he got a two-year extension on top of two years he already had left but you're getting Brogdon for 22 and a half for four years that is a steal and a half you got to think about other guys who are getting paid 20 million right now Jared Allen uh, Aaron Gordon like Malcolm Brogdon's a better player than both of those guys he just has to stay on the court so
1: I, I love that contract for the Pacers it's a great contract for the pacers it's a really tradable contract um, because i mean i'm not sure why you would trade him if you're the pacers but any team that trades him is going to love this deal yeah. um 90 million over or 89 million over 4 years is excellent for this dude he's a 50 40 90 guy yeah. um, just he it's the same amount of money Mikael bridges is getting except malcolm brogdon can run a half court offense and score incredibly efficiently
0: yeah yeah, it's a snag of a deal, honestly. One last deal that is throw out there that's a little perplexing, but Landry Schammett got four for 41. Um, I don't know why you need a four-year contract for Landry Schammett. Uh, I, He just kind of seems to me a guy you can just, like, pick up off the scrap heap because every team's going to drop him that he plays for. I don't really understand the four for 41. I think Phoenix kind of screwed up with that one.
1: Yeah. It's a little strange. Monty Williams apparently is a big fan of Landry. Shannon was a big voice in him coming to the team. Um, he's not all that. Uh, it's a weird contract. He is apparently going to get a bigger role. Now he played a little bit on Brooklyn last year and he was very forgettable. Um, he was really good in his role for the Clippers, his rookie year, Um I think he was drafted kind of late. He wasn't anybody that people expected to be a high-level producer, and then he was great his rookie year, and people kind of overrated him for a bit. Um, this is a lot more money than I expected him to get.
0: Yeah, he's one of the more forgettable players in the league for me. Like I'm never impressed by Landry Shamit. I think 41 million for a guy that I'm like never impressed by is uh, interesting for the Suns, who just chose to not give their number one overall pick a max. I think that's kind of contradicting of each other, but hey.
1: I mean, yeah, he's a good catch and shoot guy, but he's not good at anything else.
0: Like um, literally anything else. He doesn't do anything else well.
1: Yeah, including defense.
0: Yeah, so hey, whatever. <laughs> um, but to choose some games for tonight, we have two games on tonight. We have both great games. This is a perfect uh, start to the NBA season. We have Nets Bucks, who obviously had a wonderful Eastern Conference Finals uh, fight, or was that semifinals? No finals. No okay. semifinals. Yeah, semifinals. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Then the Hawks. Um, KD going crazy, Giannis going wild. That's a great matchup. And then the night game, we have the Warriors and the Lakers. I'm super pumped for both of these games. We're going to start with Nets Bucks first. Who do you have winning tonight?
1: I have the Bucks winning. I think the Nets are still a little bit rattled by the fact that they're not starting off the season with Kyrie Irving. Um, I think a lot of their planning for the season has been with that in mind. I know KD and James Harden are still the best players, some of the best players in basketball. Um, But I expect a really good game from Giannis. After their win over that series, in that series, I think he's going to come in with confidence. I expect him to take like six threes. Um, I'm, I'm expecting just absurd amounts of confidence from Giannis and like a 30-something point game at least from him, if not more.
0: Yeah, I'm taking the Bucks too. I actually think the Nets are better, but after a ring ceremony where the whole crowd's going absolutely wild, cheering your name, screaming MVP at you, you're just going to drop some hammers on people's heads. Like he's going to go crazy. I think Middleton and Drew Holiday will play well too. And without Kyrie being there, Drew Holiday can spend some more time on James Harden tonight. Um, So that's going to make his life a little bit more difficult. I'm going to take the Bucs in tonight's matchup. Moving on to Warriors-Lakers, I'm going to take the Warriors literally for no reason at all. I'm just hedging against Russell Westbrook. I just think he's going to have like 15 turnovers tonight. Um, But Jordan Poole, impressed me a lot. I know he impressed you too. Steph Curry has a case to be like a top three player, depending on how you judge that. Um, But I I don't know. I I think they're going to be good. I think Draymond's defense is going to be good enough. And AD didn't look especially good in the preseason. He looks huge. He looks strong, but like he wasn't doing anything like super impressive. So I don't really know where he stands with his health and stuff, but I'm just going to go with the Warriors here.
1: I'm going with the Warriors too. Um, an important thing to note about LeBron teams is they take a long time to start. His, every time a new LeBron team forms, they start off really, really poor. Um, it happened when he came back to Miami, when he went to, or when he went to Miami, when he came back to Cleveland, when he went to the Lakers. Um, I expect them to start pretty poorly, like four and six, three and seven, and then Ooh. just ramp it up and crush. Um, okay. but. I think Steph Curry, I was going to ask you this question. Who out of all these games is scoring the most points tonight? I think it's either Steph Curry or Giannis.
0: Those are my two options as well. Um, I'm going to go with Giannis, just the confidence boost from the championship. Like the high you must be riding after that is just, I I don't know how you can compare it to anything else in sports after a ring ceremony. So I think Giannis is going to have a great night.
1: I'm going with Giannis too um I another dude on the Warriors I don't know if we've really talked about him since the draft but Moses Moody um looks awesome we haven't seen a lot of Kaminga we did see a little bit of Moody in the preseason uh he got a bunch of tip-ins he was getting a bunch of offensive rebounds um he was I mean he hit a handful of threes but just his his IQ for the game seemed pretty good watching him get offensive rebounds was pretty nice
0: yeah, Moody and Kaminga, I'm excited to see them. I, I'm really excited to see Kaminga because me and you both went over basically how he has zero basketball IQ, but his athleticism is so ridiculous that he's just going to find his way into easy buckets. Yes. Um, I want to see if that remains true against NBA caliber players because we saw in the summer league, he was toasting everyone with pretty much ease. I want to see if he can do that against NBA level defenders. So uh, what's up?
1: I can't think of another player with a similar shot creation to shot making ratio because his shot creation is amazing. He can get open and get to his spots so well, but his ability to just hit a jump shot is so questionable.
0: Yeah. And they're like, bad misses too we're talking like clankers like off the top right of the backboard type yes. shit. like it's not close when he shoots uh, he's one of the most polarizing players in this draft for sure so I would crack up if I saw him matched up on LeBron that would actually send me into a laughing fit like I would
1: just die from that his defense dude looks awesome though his hustling and his defense I think will be awesome but yeah offensively no way No, it's just not going to be good.
0: Um, but yeah, I think that wraps everything up. Uh, actually one last quick question. We're going to get league pass both of us for the first time in my life. I don't know if you've had it before. No. Um, who's the team you're looking forward to just
1: turning on on a random
0: Tuesday night, the most.
1: Um, I think the Hornets. Yeah. Until Zion's healthy and then it'll be the Pelicans. But I think the Hornets are going to be up there. Just the watch, listening to the Hornets broadcaster is one of the most like satisfying times uh, as a sports fan. He is so hype.
0: Yeah, they're they're high on my list too. But I think this is kind of a no brainer to people. I'm just going to be watching the Cavs.
1: Oh, Cavs!
0: Yeah, the Cavs basically every night. So
1: I'm so sorry. (laughs) You're going to be so happy to watch them go 12 and 60. I'm going to be hyped this year. Every Mobley offensive rebound, every pass that he makes, every good outlet pass, you're going to be hyping up.
0: Yeah. (laughs) If you guys follow me on Twitter, you know by now that my whole entire page is just Evan Mobley. So, all right, guys, thanks for listening. I think we're going to head on out of here. Ben, you got anything else to say? I got nothing. Thanks, everybody. Peace. Peace.
1: Thanks, everybody, for listening in.
0: If you want to interact with us at the Chase Down, make sure to find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Blogger at the Chase Down Pod to join the conversation. Peace, everybody.